0: Yo, what's going on, guys? Jack here from On The Spot Sports. I'm along with...
1: Tyler from On The Spot Sports.
0: And in today's episode, this is episode 15, I believe. And today we'll be looking at the NFL games that happened today, as well as the games that are happening on Sunday. And uh, today's Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys. Thank you for all your support throughout this channel. This podcast, we we truly appreciate it. and We truly appreciate you guys. So here is a Thanksgiving Day special. So let's get started.
1: Yeah. So three uh three Thanksgiving Day games, of course, headlined Week 13 as usual. And first first of the three games day was the. Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions. This one, I'm, I'm pretty sure most people expect it to be, like, very low scoring. Like, when I saw the uh, over-under for the team, I was, like, 37. I'm, like, at first I immediately thought under because the Detroit Lions were down their backup quarterback and Jeff Driscoll. So, I'm, like, oh, man, the Bears offense struggling. As usual, I'm like, Detroit's in a third string. This this totally calls for, like, a very low-scoring game, but...
0: It was not low-scoring at all.
1: It was not... It wasn't, like... It wasn't, like, high-profile, like, flashy, I guess, but it wasn't, like, totally, like, no offense whatsoever. I mean, first two drives of the game, you got the Bears going, like, right down the field and scoring, and then, what, third play from the scrimmage for Detroit. Um... David Blau throws a seventy-five-yard touchdown pass to
2: Kenny Galladay. And we're like, "Whoa, okay."
0: It's like
1: right, right out, right out of the gate.
0: I was, I was like, "Wow, we're gonna we're gonna be having a good game today."
1: But yeah, in the end, the Chicago Bears came out on top, 24-20. and this may seem like it's kind of crazy, but. This was Mitchell Trubisky's first time this season throwing for over 300 yards in a game. And as Bears fans, obviously, you don't really want to see this kind of stat when you're already almost three quarters into the season. It's It's been a rough year for the Chicago Bears, especially on the offensive side. But I'm glad to see Mitch kind of have a, a little bit of a breakout game. I mean, even though it's against one of the league's worst defenses, it's still good to see them taking advantage, I guess. But overall, yeah. I don't think the win means a whole lot to the Bears because the NFC playoff picture is almost fully in perspective. There's still a couple ways behind the Rams. Um, not the Rams, the Vikings and the Seahawks. With the Rams being ahead of them, though, because the Rams won a head-to-head meeting. But overall, this game was just, I guess, average. Nothing too special, but... As Bears fans, glad to see them get a nice win.
0: First time over three hundred in the season for Mitch. Wow.
1: I'd have to say that this might this probably would be his best game of the season. Twenty nine for thirty eight, three hundred thirty eight yards, three touchdowns, but one interception. The interception was just not a not a good play. Who um, was looking for Robinson on a typical vertical slant route and Darius Slade Jr kind of jumped it and picked it off. Not, not one of Mitch's better passes, but he, uh, he found the end zone three separate times in this game. Pretty good to see. One was to Jesper Horstead, uh, the new tight end, who came off the practice squad, I believe, last week. He made an incredible catch that was just over the defender's shoulders. Really, really good catch. The game winner was to David Montgomery, who also had a pretty solid game. And then...
0: Allen Robinson.
1: Allen Robinson. Yes, caught the other one. Anthony Miller, though, had a huge game. Nine receptions for 140 yards.
0: Wow. that That's a really good game for him.
1: That, yeah, next was Robinson. Eight receptions for 86 yards. Not bad. And yet, and, yes, there were only six people that caught a pass for the Bears' today: in Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, Javon Wims, Tariq Cohen, Jesper Horstead, and David Montgomery because the Bears, Bears had a lot of injuries though today. Yeah. They're starting and Trey Burton has been on IR. He's gone for the season, and they also had their other tight ends in Adam Shaheen and Ben Bronicker not playing. So it hasn't been the best for injury-wise for the Bears'. And they were also missing their second receiver, Taylor Gabriel, to a concussion. Cool. So they had to have That's
2: some. Right. Got yeah, yeah.
0: The the rushing wasn't bad either. They got David Montgomery sixteen carries for seventy seventy five yards.
1: I'm yeah. I'm glad to see them kind of rushing the ball a little more. They haven't really been trying to rush the ball a lot. So I'm glad to see Montgomery get a good amount of carries.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then now uh, they got Tariq Cohen with 3 carries and 9 yards and then Mitch rushed a few times, four times for 4 yards.
1: Yeah, I think also though a couple of them were kneel downs. I think kneel downs do count as rushes. So I think subtract the kneel downs, he probably had about like two or th- like two carries for about like 10ish yards. Something like that.
0: Not bad. Yeah. Their their defense was pretty good today.
1: Yeah, other than the first two drives, the Lions were literally scored three plays into the first drive, and then Blott was attacking the defense on the second drive. But after that, the defense really locked in, and they didn't allow the touchdown for the rest of the game. I was honestly pretty nervous after the first quarter. I'm like, this doesn't look like the Bears' defense we've really seen all mm-hmm. season. We're used to the defense keeping us in the game, and yet that was the reason why we were losing because the offense did their job right away and scored. But the offense, all in all, did
2: their job, and they they ended
1: up winning the game. So
0: Roquan had two sacks today. Uh, Roquan Smith. He did. He did. Uh, that's big. That's big for him.
1: Yeah, one of them came after a uh, a late hit-out-of-bounds call.
0: Ooh. Oh, yeah, I saw that.
1: And then on fourth and, I believe, 22. Yeah. blow, blow through to, I believe it was Galladay, and then Amuka Mera was covering him, but Eddie Jackson came in and picked it off, and that was the game-winner for the Bears.
0: Dang. Oh, yeah, I, I remember that interception. That was That was huge for them.
1: Another win, but like I said, I I'm not sure if this will be. I'm not sure if this win really means anything because I mean we got the two wild card teams facing off this weekend. We we'll, we will definitely get to that game soon, but I I really don't think this win this win means a whole lot. I mean, sure, it is another win in the win column, but if we're talking about what what matters most, it's getting to the playoffs, and I I don't think with the way the season's going. And how the other teams are, I don't think this win means a whole lot to them playoff-wise. But I'll definitely take a win.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not like something that we don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs or not. Because the Vikings and Packers are both eight and three with like four games left, so they need to lose so pretty much all of their the rest of the game the game their games. And then the Bears for, need to win, like, every game from now on.
1: And for the Detroit Lions... To, to at least even have a Lions, chance. Even, even though the Detroit Lions are 3-1, they aren't one of those teams that is completely bad. Um, they've led in nine of their games in the fourth quarter this season. Nine of their 12 games they have led in the fourth quarter. Dang. And... It just hasn't worked out for them in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They've been robbed a couple times, but a lot. Of, uh, the rest of the times, it's been – they've given it up. And, again, today they, they had, a, I believe, a touchdown lead going into the fourth quarter, and they just could not hold on. The Bears figured out some stuff on offense.
0: That, that's really good for the Bears. They were able to find some stuff to expose.
1: Yeah, all in all, though, most people did expect the Bears to win. They did, not by much, but a good a good debut, though, for David Blau.
0: Yeah, for sure. Sessions' first first NFL
2: game.
1: Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It was tied at 17 going in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. 17-17. Mm. Yeah. All
2: right,
1: but that Bears game, we should move on to the next game, which was...
0: you want to do Bills-Cowboys?
1: Bills and Cowboys. Now, this one, I definitely did not see coming. I did pick the Cowboys to win this game, you know. I felt like the Cowboys kind of got robbed a little bit last week against the Patriots. I thought that tripping call was a little bit questionable against the Patriots. And I really thought that Ezekiel Elliott should have had that first down. I did not think that that tripping call should have been Enforced. I thought that was a bad call by the refs. And then Amari Cooper nearly caught a fourth down pass. That would have given them a new set of downs again, but he just dropped it. So the Cowboys lost last week in Foxborough, 13-9. Very sloppy game due to the rain. And, you know, I thought, you know what, close game in New England. They'll come out and bounce back against the Bills. But, boy, was I wrong. Opening drive touchdown for the Cowboys, and that was – really almost all they had for the whole game the bills came out firing after that josh yeah. allen and the team are proving that they are not a fluke mm 26- I, I
0: i saw a stat about josh allen but like wins and like since like what like 2000 and like i think he's second he's tied with uh, i forgot who for like most wins in a season for the bills as a starting quarterback
1: Oh, Drew Bledsoe? Yeah. I believe twice. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe had a nine or eight or something. Nine. He was on there twice. And then recently, two years ago, Tyrod Taylor had nine as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Led them the playoffs. So this is mm-hmm. a pretty historic year for the Bills. It is. It also, their fourth winning season in the last 20 years. So, Bills fans, get ready because – your team is looking like they are going to pop the champagne bottles and head to the playoffs because you want to talk about playoffs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily talk about the division for the Bills because they are almost like two games behind the Patriots, but they are in a spot where they are almost blocked into a wild card spot right now. I mean, they are three games ahead of the Steelers right now for fifth. The first yeah. team in, and they're three games ahead of the next team. They, the Bills are looking like they are in prime position to lock themselves in.
2: Yeah.
0: It's going to be a fun run for the Bills, especially in the playoffs. I'm interested to see how what they're going to do.
1: They play defense. They, they play tough defense. And honestly, this offense is very underrated. Josh Allen is getting the job done.
2: Yeah. Mm. He's, he's a good
0: quarterback, too. He's He's proving that he's, that he's there to stay.
1: Yeah, I was watching that game earlier, and he, uh, he looked, in some of these third-down situations, very calm, very composed in the pocket in pressure situations. And like I said, Cowboys were not, were not being conservative. They were bringing about four or five guys each play. And I was watching Allen, and he was, like I said, so calm, so composed, and just delivered a strike right to the receiver. About third and needing each time, but for first down, and I was like, "Wow, you don't really see that out of these second-year quarterbacks."
0: Mm-mm. It's it's a good sign though, especially if you're doing it as a second year. It's a really good sign.
1: Yeah, that shows that he has command and is not nervous at all about. And his team trusts him too. High, yeah, high pressure situations. 19 to 24, 231 yards for Allen. He did throw for a touchdown and he did rush for a touchdown as well, 15 yards. He also had 10 carries for 43 yards on the ground, and like I said, one touchdown. And he becomes, I believe, one of two players, two quarterbacks that, or uh, no, three or four quarterbacks within the last five ten years that have had. Eight rushing touchdowns.
2: Wow! In a season. Talk about I confidence. Think the,
1: most, the, most, the most recently was Cam Newton, obviously for the Carolina Panthers.
0: That that's huge for his confidence too.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- th- this guy I think is he's gonna try to be a very good pro. I mean, he he's got a very unique skill set. I mean, he's a big dude, six five, I believe, two thirty two around, very big, but. Usually, those big quarterbacks—they, they're, they're mostly pocket passers. But Josh Allen, he knows how to turn on the Jets when he can. Uh, we saw last year against Minnesota; he had one of the best hurdles maybe ever in football. But for a big guy, he knows how to move, and he knows mm-hmm. how to said turn not so great pass plays into uh, good run plays of his own. But he, like I said, very unique skill set. He, he's got a really good arm and a really good pocket presence, but also for a big man. He could really turn into a dual threat on the ground as well.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And then if we're if we're going to talk about the other end, the side, of the Dallas Cowboys,
0: da- Dak I, had then, a pretty good game.
1: I really don't know what to say about the Dallas Cowboys. This has obviously been a year that is wanting to be forgotten because. I had high hopes for Dallas. I'm pretty sure everyone had high yeah,
2: hopes I for Yeah, I did hopes. too.
1: With the amount of talent they have on this roster.
2: Yeah. It's not coming out the way they
1: mm-hmm. want. I mean, six and six. Six and six. And the crazy thing is, they're in the division lead as well.
0: Yeah, that's a little strange.
1: NFC East, without a doubt now, is the weakest division in football because now – if you have the Eagles win, you got a tie for six and six, but you have Dallas in the lead because Dallas, when we had a head meeting earlier this year,
0: that that's an interesting division.
1: Especially, I want especially though, if
0: you're leading it by going five hundred right now, that's that's scary.
1: I want to see who I want to see who ends up on top, and I want to see what the record is because I really don't think the Giants or the Redskins will be a factor at both two and nine. They're too far back right now. Yeah. It's going to be between the Cowboys and the Eagles.
0: Cowboys and the Eagles, yeah. I I see that, yeah.
1: Six and six, so, yeah. Philly plays Miami this weekend. I'm pretty sure most people are assuming that would be a win. Hopefully. It's, it's on from there. They do play each other one time down the stretch in Philly.
2: So
0: we'll see about that and see if uh, the uh, head-to-head changes.
1: Yeah. Dallas, though. Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott is actually having a really good year. Mm -hmm. He's leading the league in passing yards, but I also feel like the Cowboys are really turning to the passing game a lot because Ezekiel Elliott does not look exactly the same that he did last year. He doesn't look as fast, and the Cowboys have really opened up their passing game under offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Young offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, I should say. Very... Very interesting to see him on the coaching sideline. I mean, I'm, I remember when he was a quarterback at Boise State, and Boise State was one of the top teams in the nation, and now I'm watching him like, that's Kellen Moore. Wow, crazy how young he got into coaching. For real. I'm wondering, though, will he be like a Sean McVay, a young head coach, you know, gets gets a start as a coordinator job somewhere young? And then obviously works his way up a little bit more. And then as a head coach, because Sean McVay was with the Washington Redskins before he got hired by the Los Angeles Rams. And he was about 30, 31 years old when he got hired. And he's, I believe, 33, 34 now. Oh, cool. And I believe Kellen Moore is 28 years old. So this can going to be interesting. I don't think this will be Kellen Moore's first – opportunity as an offensive coordinator or head coach somewhere, I think he'll get a chance. But, like I said, as a Cowboys fan, you've you got to be upset with the way the season is going. Such high hopes for this kind of roster. And it's just – it's not turning out anything like they thought it would be.
0: Yeah. It's not a, not a good year for the Cowboys. It, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to do in the next stretch, in the next four games, see if – if they will go five hundred and be make it eight and eight, or if they're gonna go like ten and six or something like
1: that, yeah. I this NFT East, like I said, is obviously the weakest division in the NFL. Yeah. And with the hot like the Cowboys got off to three and zero, people were like, "Wow, they're looking like possible Super Bowl contenders." I know early in the season, but still. There's not a lot of hope now. I mean, the winner mm-hmm. of that division will most likely get the four seed.
2: Yeah.
0: And they'll probably, probably be an easy out, too.
1: Yeah, with Seattle and Minnesota looking the way they are, they should be looking their chops for the good mm-hmm. analyst or Philly, I should say.
0: Who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll upset them. Who knows? Philly
1: doesn't look the same either. Mm. They're they're banged up too, but even though they're banged up, I still don't think the Eagles are as talented as everyone thinks. I know Andrew Andrew Freeman, who's come on a couple times, I know Andrew was really, really sold on the Eagles, but I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I never thought they would they were as flashy and as good as everyone seemed.
2: Yeah.
0: Just nothing nothing's really clicking that much with the Eagles either. This is, I they they do have a lot of talent on their team, I think, but like nothing's like clicking, so like nothing's
2: working, and they're. Feel,
1: oh, sorry. No, go
2: ahead. I was just gonna say they're not having the
0: season that they've that everyone expects them to.
1: I feel like them and the Cowboys are like oh, oh, they have a lot of similarities. Yeah, they both obviously have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball they get a lot of buzz from the talent they have but they just they can't put it together all the way on the field
0: yeah same with same with cowboys too they they have a good team they just can't produce
1: and then one of the two will go into the playoffs because obviously each division winner goes But the other two teams in the division, the Giants are in the middle of a pretty big rebuild right now. That's clear that they're not anywhere near playoff contenders. And the Redskins are just a clear mess. I don't know what's going on there. Ever since Alex
2: Smith injured his leg, I really don't know if the Redskins will ever be a contender for a couple years. Mm -hmm. But it's down to these two
1: teams for now because – are the best, but like I said, it's just it's interesting seeing you know both of these two teams obviously loaded from on uh, the talent standpoint, but just not producing, and they're still taking up a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, and they're going to be an easy out, probably.
1: Yeah, especially
0: with the teams they're going to be playing. Like if they make it to the playoffs, it's scary.
1: Yeah. Overall, though, good win for the Buffalo Bills. Even though the Cowboys aren't one of, like, the, like, the, I guess, the better teams, it's still a pretty big win considering their schedule this year.
2: Yeah,
0: 100%. They're, they're pretty much slotted for the second place, the Bills, in that division because the Patriots are going to take the division.
1: Yeah, nobody really saw the Bills come in. Uh, just- I certainly did uh, not. Huge kudos to the Bills. Josh Allen's playing some great football. And I'm I'm interested to see what they got in the playoffs. I mean, they're pretty much looking like a lot for that five seed. So whether it's uh, looking like Houston or Kansas City right now, Baltimore and New England are looking like they're setting sail for the bye. So whoever kind of fades down the stretch between Houston and Kansas City, Buffalo is going to play them in the playoffs most likely. So we will see.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be an interesting one for sure.
1: Definitely. And we also had one more game as well, the game that just concluded.
0: New Orleans Saints Bowl. played in Atlanta.
1: Saints and Falcons.
0: And uh, the Saints took the took the game twenty six to eighteen over the Atlanta Falcons. Overall. I I did not expect the scoring to be how it was how it was. I expected the Falcons to be like to have less to like have less points and like not put up a as much of a fight as they did, but i I expected the Saints to have total control of this game, but it obviously it was like fifty fifty ish kind of
1: yeah, I honestly thought the Falcons wouldn't really hang around as much, even though the Falcons did beat the saints by a lot in New Orleans. I still thought the saints were gonna come out swinging this time, but this is. I, I've heard from numerous commentators throughout the uh, the game or whatever that this rivalry is a really big one in the South, and so it, it wouldn't surprise anyone if it was kind of close. But it wasn't really as close as as a score seemed. The Falcons came back with a late charge, two onside kicks recovered, and they scored a touchdown and a two pointer out of one of them, and a field goal. Um, I was honestly, I
0: was, I was like, honestly expecting the Falcons to come back somehow.
1: They did. They made it a one-score game.
0: Well, I, I expect them to get a, get another touchdown and then go for a two-point like in the last like minute of the game. Like I yeah. thought there was somehow going to be a turnover, and then that's what, that was going to happen.
1: The Saints defensive line, though, was too much. They sacked Matt Ryan a total of nine times tonight.
0: The first play of the game, uh, Matt Ryan was sacked.
1: Cameron Jordan. Had four of the nine sacks for the Saints. Cameron Jordan's a really good player. One of, best, one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Yeah. Kind of underlooked, too, considering a lot of other names pop up a lot. But Cameron Jordan, the Saints defense, I think, is honestly underlooked. Everyone everyone first looks at their offense, meaning they got Breeze, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and even the guy that, I've, that I want to talk about in, in a second but I will get to him later. The Saints' offense, yes, the Saints' offense is very good, but their defense is just as talented, and I think they get underlooked.
2: Yeah, 100%. They're
1: definitely leading the way. The one problem for the Saints, though, they had a lot of pass interference penalties. Just don't Mm -hmm.
2: have – Drew Brees
0: also didn't have that good of a game. Like, if you look at his stats, 18 for 30, 184 yards and a touchdown – not yeah, not the greatest
1: Drew Brees performance. Drew Breeze is mostly Mr. Consistency.
0: Yeah. So I was not I was not expecting him to have that kind of game, but overall think, overall they won, so it doesn't really matter.
1: I think the guy that we gotta talk about though in this game is Taysom Hill. How about Taysom Hill? Third string quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, and he comes out and on the first possession of the game, Falcons are forced three and out. He blocked the punt. Taysom Hill. I mean, this guy is whipped out in numerous different formations, not regarding playing his position. Like, he's thrown out in punt returns, kick returns, different weird formations. As a third string quarterback, this guy is an all around player, and he tips the punt, and the Saints get it at the, around the 30 yard line. And then Drew Brees throws it past him for about 10, 15 yards, gets him into the 10 yard line. And then on first and goal, Drew Brees throws a shuffle pass. And who else? It's Taysom Hill for a Saints touchdown.
0: Yeah. all He's an all-around athlete for
2: for real.
1: He is. And even with Brees out, you know, when Teddy Bridgewater took in, it's still the two, two QB combo with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill could still do some damage no matter what. And then also, second touchdown of the game – The two, actually, the two only touchdowns of the game for the Saints. First one was by Taysom Hill. The second one, it was no different. Taysom Hill comes in on a QB draw. Wow. Up the field on the right, cut a little bit from the 30-yard line, and boom, found an opening hole, and he was gone. 30-yard score, two touchdowns for Taysom Hill.
0: Hey, I I bet I bet a lot of third string quarterback quarterbacks can't say that.
1: Definitely not. Rushing the ball, he had two carries for thirty three yards and a touchdown. And receiving the ball, he had two receptions for twelve yards for a touchdown.
2: That that's pretty now, good. I know,
1: I know what some fantasy people are thinking. I should draft Taysom Hill or pick up Taysom Hill. The problem is though. I would definitely not because you would have to start him as a quarterback. And if you have someone at quarterback, like, like let's say a normal quarterback, like Matt Ryan or Drew Brees or even like Russell Wilson or something, you would have to start him at quarterback because that is his technical position. Yeah. such a lose-lose because he's such a good athlete. You're like, oh, man, it's perfect. But you'd have to start him. And,
0: and you, you lose the actual quarterback to uh, score.
1: And and that's the other thing too. You you lose the ability to play someone like Breeze or Ryan or Russell Wilson, but
0: who's in? A, who's like a who's like a starting quarterback compared to Taysom Hill?
1: Oh, definitely. But I I definitely think another thing is too. You you don't expect him to have that kind of game. Like you're. He, he doesn't normally come in and just do that kind of damage during a game. Like, two touchdowns, like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see him every once in a while, like, a catch. But normally, <coughs> he doesn't go off for, like, two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was a, it was a good game from Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill
2: though. And, oh, and from the I Saints.
1: Think, I think – I think he's got a lot of his role, despite being a third-string quarterback. I don't even think he cares at this point. With the kind of formations that the Saints put him in, like I so said, the kind of all-around athlete that he is, I think he's got to absolutely love what he's doing. Yeah,
0: I, he's I'd love game it, game
1: too. Blast. That,
0: that'd that be uh, so much fun to play in. You just get thrown in anywhere, and you're able to, to put up points.
1: I will say, though, the one disappointment that I do have about this game was Michael Thomas did not generate me a single fantasy point for this game.
0: That's all you care about?
1: Well, at this point, definitely. I'm in the fight for the playoffs right now in my league.
0: Every every point counts.
1: And literally every yard counts as well. In my league, scoring is very different. You get three points for every 50 receiving yards for receiver and 50 rushing yards for running back. Michael Thomas had 48 receiving yards. If he got two more receiving yards,
2: I would have gotten three points from him. But in the last catch, he
1: was down for first down about 10 yards. And if I got an extra two yards out of him, that's three points.
0: But you got zero.
1: I did. I did get zero. And I have Julio Jones as well. He didn't play. I'm also very disappointed about that, but we'll see. I'm in the fight for the playoffs right now, so we'll see.
2: Yeah. you want to move Let's into see. the other games now? Let's do it. Do
0: you want to start with uh, bold predictions first?
1: Bold predictions.
2: I'll let you go first on this one. This this it could be an interesting interesting pick.
1: For Sunday or Monday? Hmm. We got a, we got some interesting games this week. We
2: Very did. interesting games.
1: This is this is tough. Not gonna lie. I got mine. If you got yours to go right, go for it, man.
0: All right, so I say uh, the Bengals, they're going to come away with their first win this of the season against the uh, New York Jets on Sunday. No way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. New it, York Jets.
2: It's
0: a bold prediction for a reason. New York
1: Jets that have won – Three games in a row, and has scored thirty-four points exactly in three straight wins.
0: Yeah, it's a bold prediction for a reason. It may be a little extra too extra bold, but I'm I'm sticking with it.
1: The Bengals are going to win again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You heard them.
2: They're only winning the season.
1: I'm going to go for mine here. This is going to be very random. Very random, but I'm open for this. I can't think of anything else. But you know what? I'm going to go for it. Kyler Murray for the Arizona Cardinals will throw for 370 yards and four touchdowns against the Los Angeles Rams.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: You know what, the Rams coming off that very poor defensive performance against – well, I wouldn't even say poor defensive performance coming off the the game against arguably the hottest player and the hottest team of the week, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I think the Cardinals are going to catch them catch him at the wrong time here. Rams go on the road to Arizona, and Kyler Murray eats up a – Los Angeles Rams secondary, even though they have Jalen Ramsey, I still don't think the Rams are that dangerous. And Aaron Donald, yes, Aaron Donald is not on the secondary. That Rams, Kyler Murray is going to eat the Rams up. Four touchdowns, 300, at least 370 passing yards. I would like to make that clear. Minimum 370 yards.
2: I got you.
0: That's an interesting pick. What? Hey. I'm what? going through it. Same. I'm I'm on a one game win streak too.
1: Yeah, we both have one. We're
0: both one and one with these bold predictions. The yeah. the last episode I won my bold prediction, which I said that the Falcon what was that? It was the Falcons, right?
1: Falcons, yes.
0: Yeah, that the Falcons were gonna hold hold up. <laughs> Hold the Panthers to less than 10 points, and they did. What? And win the game. And and win the game. And they did. So I'm 1-1. We're both 1-1 now.
1: Yeah, and the one that I got was week five, week six, something like that. Yeah, I believe so. I predicted the New York Jets would upset the Dallas Cowboys. And I remember we had Colby on that episode, and Colby was like, are you out of your – Mine, and I'm like, "Hey, man, bold predictions." And guess what? Sam Darnold
2: led the let the upset. No,
0: no bold predictions. Too bold. No bold predictions. Uh, too bold.
1: Hey, too. You're not saying too bold, just bold,
2: right? Yeah.
1: There you go. Bold it is. All right. Well. We'll stop getting bold for now and move back to the game. Speak. I think we got. We we can't skip this game for the first uh, preview. Arguably, the two hottest teams in the league right now are facing off this Sunday: the Forty Niners and the Ravens. I mean, are you kidding me right now?
0: That that should be a fun game to watch.
1: Are you kidding me right now?
0: Two of, two of the best, one of the be- two of the best teams, Forty ers are ten-one, Ravens nine-two, facing off against each other.
1: I absolutely cannot wait for this matchup. It's
0: gonna be a ton of fun to watch. Can't wait.
1: I'm I will a hundred percent watch that game. And you know what? I honestly said I'm so glad the Bears are playing on Thursday, so I don't have to watch their offense kind of suck. I'm like. Good. We get this game on national television. I mean, one of the league's best defenses against probably the MVP of the league, Lamar Jackson. I mean, how many different coaching strategies are you thinking of for this game? I mean, if you're the 49ers, how do you prepare defensively for a guy that no, literally almost nobody has been able to stop us here? And if you're the Ravens, how do you prepare defense, uh, offensively to attack that defensive line, it, it it and obviously it goes on the other side too. Ravens with a very talented defense. How do the 49ers attack the Ravens defense? Because the 49ers have a really really good offensive line and a tight end for blocking and, and the run game and Jimmy G setting up. I'm looking for all that type of stuff in this matchup.
0: I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one. Going to be a. Uh Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has proven that he he is an MVP candidate for this year.
1: I think he's the number one MVP candidate. I mean, I don't even know who else you would look at. I know some people say Russell Wilson, but I'm honestly not 100% sold on Russell Wilson. MVP. I think Lamar Jackson is just doing stuff at the quarterback position that it stuff has never been done before. And it needs to be recognized.
0: Yeah, I can I, I see your point there.
1: Right now, if I were to have an MVP trophy, hands Lamar down, Jackson. Would be Lamar Jackson. Hands Damn.
0: down. Yeah, he he's definitely up there. He's prom, He is number one. If you look at all the quarterbacks he's beaten and, like, how good they are, it's crazy.
2: Like, the defenses, too.
1: Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, and Jared Goff. The two QBs who just faced off in the Super Bowl. They took him, he took them both down.
2: He has a bright future ahead of him. And he, he is so
1: versatile, too. I mean, he, he is such a, like you want to talk about the definition of a dual-threat quarterback? I think he perfectly defines dual-threat. He's got arm strength. He's got arm. He's got stuff all over to do with his arm. With, with side sidearm throws and anything. Yeah. And then obviously with his legs. I mean, everyone can see clear as day how fast he is. This is, this is going to be a great matchup. This is going to be an absolutely great matchup.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
1: 49ers, though, their, their defensive line is scary. Nick Bosa needs to be recognized. Nick Bosa should definitely be defensive player of the year.
0: Without a doubt.
1: Rookie, defensive rookie of the year. Maybe, you know, maybe even defensive player of the year.
0: Without a doubt. You'd be crazy not
2: to pick him.
1: I just want to know, though. Who will win this game? 49ers or Ravens? I want to hear right now. Who will win this game? Ravens. Ravens?
2: Yeah. How much How much are we thinking? How by, much are thinking? By a touchdown.
1: I will go Ravens as well. And you know what? That, that seems pretty plausible. I'll go anywhere between 7 and 10 points.
0: Respectable.
1: Cannot wait for this game though. Cannot wait for this game.
0: Yeah. You wanna move on to another big one too?
1: For sure. What you what you got next?
0: I got the Minnesota Vikings eight and three at the Seattle Seahawks nine and two. Uh the, for for Monday night football too.
1: Yeah, this is a matchup between currently the two wildcard teams in the NFC right now.
0: It's gonna to be a good to be a good game to see how how this wild card spot is gonna end up being.
1: And honestly, wild card spot it's a good thing you bring that up because I just thought of it now. If if it pans out the way we both think, the Ravens take down the Forty ers and I don't know if like what you're thinking for this game of who's gonna win between Seattle and Minnesota. If Seattle pulls off the win and San Francisco loses, you know who's leading that division after week 13? The Seahawks are. Because remember, I believe it was week 10 on night football, Seahawks beat the 49ers in overtime.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: That one-head-to-head meeting would put Seattle over the top right now. So if the 49ers were to go down in Baltimore, and the Seahawks would win on Monday night football tonight, or Monday night against Minnesota, Seattle would be the division leader. 49ers would drop to fifth. And the Saints. The Saints would be the new number one seed because Seattle and the Saints would have the same record, but the Saints beat them earlier and head to head.
0: Oh, ho, ho.
1: It's getting
0: a big matchup.
1: The NFC is absolutely stacked this year.
0: a big matchup.
1: I want to see, though, Minnesota has a very feisty defense. How will they contain Russell oh. Wilson? You know Russell Wilson, especially, is extending the play. How could the Vikings put, en- put enough pressure on him so he can't extend the play?
2: Yeah. I. It's going inter- to be interesting.
1: I believe last year they faced off on Monday Night Football, and I believe the final score was 21-7, Seattle won. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know they faced off on Monday Night Football last year with Seattle being home, and the Seahawks didn't win. It was a very low-scoring game.
0: Yeah, it's probably going to be another low-scoring game. I would think so. I I got the Seahawks winning, though. Seahawks are going to win this game.
1: I think it will come down to a last-second field goal or score, but I think the Seahawks will prevail. I think it'll be a very close game. Minnesota is a very good team. Yeah. Minnesota is a very good all-around team, but I think Seattle—the Seattle—is one of those teams that I think home edge does have a like a good meaning to it. I think that'll push them over the top too. But I think whoever has the ball last will probably win the game. Because it'll be very close.
0: Mhm. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be another good game to watch.
1: Definitely Monday Night Football. On to the lights. I think though we Vikings and Seahawks. Definitely for sure we got that one. I think the, the the next game that I think is on both our minds. Sunday Night Football, the other primetime game, Patriots and Texans. From Houston, so I think yeah we got to go to another game, Saturday football, the other primetime game that I think is sticking up a lot of people: the Patriots and the Texans from Houston.
0: That that's to be another good game. Even though even though I think the Patriots are gonna Patriots, I think are clearly gonna win. Clearly gonna win this game. But I think I think it'll be I think it'll be somewhat of a close game though. Maybe like ten to uh, thirteen points.
1: I agree with you. I do think the Patriots will win this game, but I wanna see how young Deshaun Watson fares against this Patriots defense that I think everyone knows the Patriots defense is the best in the league. I wanna see how the Patriots scheme up against Deshaun Watson, because Deshaun Watson is another dual-threat quarterback, very similar to Lamar Jackson. I honestly don't think he's as dangerous as Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson absolutely torched them up when they played against each other. But Deshaun Watson can be very dangerous. And I want to see how the Patriots can prepare for him because don't forget, the Patriots were not ready for Lamar Jackson when they played against the Ravens. The Patriots' defense gave up a season-high in points by a lot. And they're on the road again.
0: Another tough environment. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's really good too. He's really proven, proven that he's a he's a pretty good quarterback, especially from last year to Sean this year. Watson
1: is hundred percent moved into the top ten QB conversation
0: for sure. Last last year, I was like, uh, I was unsure about him, but this year, he's definitely proven that he's a top ten quarterback.
1: Yeah, he came back strong last year from that uh, ACL injury in his rookie season and let them do a division title. But you know what? I never you never know. This could honestly be a playoff matchup. Like a divisional round playoff matchup, I could totally see these two teams facing off.
0: This would be a this would be a good playoff matchup too.
1: Definitely. It would probably be reverse. We would probably see New England at home. Yeah. But like I said, I'm I'm really anxious to see. I definitely think since the Patriots are on the road for this game and they're facing the quarterback very similar to who they lost to this year, I'm really anxious to see this see this come kind of again.
0: Deshaun Deshaun Watson is is just like Lamar Jackson.
1: And yeah, I, I I've seen a couple of his press conferences after the game this year. He literally breaks down what the other defense is doing, and it's insane. Like, I've never seen someone completely fully explain how how a defense formation is, and it's just crazy because, like, he's not stupid. He would know what they're doing, yeah. and this like, the best defense in the league. So, I just want to see, like, is he able to read what the Patriots defense is going to scheme up against him?
0: Yeah. His his breakdowns are crazy. He like break he breaks down literally every little thing.
1: He's a very smart player. He is a very humble player too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, I respect the hell out of him. He's a really, really humble guy.
0: He he's one of the quarterbacks I would I'd love to meet.
1: Definitely, definitely. He's just
0: he's just a humble guy. Like he seems like a pretty chill dude too.
1: Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent ready to see that game. No Patriots, Texans. Some of my football from Houston. The Texans are zero and five versus the Patriots under uh, head coach Bill O'Brien, including the playoffs. We'll see. Can we make? Or can the Texans make it one in five, or will the Patriots continue that streak of domination, if you will, against this Texans team?
2: For sure.
0: I got. I have one more game. That I want to talk about, and it's the you you could probably guess what team I'm gonna pick
1: oh, I a hundred percent know which game this is
0: Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh Steelers Got it Cleveland Browns are five and six right now, so they're on the horizon to be five hundred, and then the Steelers are six and five, so if the Browns win, they'll be five hundred. And if the when the if the Steelers lose, they'll be five five hundred. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a close game. I say this game's gonna be one. I think the Browns are gonna win this game by like by three.
1: This game is also very important though, because currently the Pittsburgh Steelers hold the second wild card spot in the AFC at six and five. The Browns are not out of the picture. There are three or four teams right there at six and five. You got the Steelers, the Titans, the Colts, and the Raiders, all at six and five, fighting for that sixth seed. And then the Browns are also right there in the mix at five and six. And don't forget, the Browns did win that matchup two weeks ago after the infamous helmet swing by Miles Garrett. So I'm also very anxious to see that rematch how these two teams will come at each other after that incident happened but also th- this matchup is very serious for the division race and for the wild card race as well.
0: Yeah. Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield in the defense and and with the offense and then the defense they all need to step up in these last four games especially if they want to put make, make a push for the wild card spot.
1: Yeah, right now the Browns, if the Browns can win this game, they hold a serious advantage—two head-to-head wins over their division rival, the Steelers—and they will definitely just push closer to a playoff spot.
0: Uh, I'm not counting the Browns out; they're they're gonna be fighting till the end, I believe.
1: Yeah, but like I said, that they're just one—they're gonna be one of those four or five teams that are right in the mix. Because like I said, the Steelers, the Colts, the Titans, and the Raiders are all six and five. Hired for that six spot, but it currently is held by the Steelers right now, due to I believe conference record would be the first.
0: Yeah. To go After a shaky start, I think the Browns are finally coming together and fine. It may be a little too late, but I'm not counting them out yet.
1: It's never too late. I mean, they're right there. They're only a game out. I'm like, I said, if they win this game. They're just in the races, ever anyone else. But I, I honestly do agree with you. They
0: have to win, though. They have to win.
1: I didn't think we would see the Browns kind of pull their shit together a little bit, but I honestly think that right now they got some rhythm going. Like I said, they got a must-needed win against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. They got a must-needed win against Buffalo, who Buffalo is a wild card team right now. They're a little bit ahead of them, but they got a, a huge win against them, and they beat up on a pretty weak Dolphins team who was showing a little bit of signs of life. This could be a break they need. This could be a break they need. And with the Steelers benching quarterback Mason Rudolph this week for quarterback Devlin Hodges, I'm also very anxious to see how the Browns prepare for uh, Devlin Hodges compared to Mason Rudolph.
0: To me, it's going to be a fun one. I'm going to be watching this game for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm also very, very anxious to see how this goes. Not a whole lot of film to watch on Devlin Hodges except for the I believe one start he made against the Chargers. Wasn't too flashy, but that he still got the job done. But if I have to pick someone in this game, it's gonna be tough. I think these two teams will come out hating each other right away after what happened, obviously with the helmet bling thing. Yeah. But if I have to pick a team for this game, Pittsburgh, their home field advantage is also very, very real. I believe in that but I'm going to have to go with the Browns on this one because I just feel like Baker Mayfield is starting to get his edge back just a little bit. I wouldn't even really call it edge. I think Baker Mayfield is starting to play the kind of football that he wants to play and the kind of football that people expect him to play. And I just think there's a little bit more of a quarterback edge there for Cleveland over Pittsburgh's Devlin Hodges. I think the Browns will get it done in Pittsburgh this weekend an inch – they're way closer to a possible playoff spot. For sure. Yeah, I don't know about you. Ed. Do you think do you think the Browns are going to win this? You said that, right?
2: Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. But like, I said, they're going to beat the Steelers by th- at least three points. Or it's gonna it should be a close one, I think. But Browns are going to sneak it out by three.
1: Yeah, there's also one more game I wanted to do too. Because due to the fact that I said there was four teams tied for that sixth spot, we're going to focus on two of the teams, two of the other teams that are tied right now at six and five for that sixth playoff spot. The Titans and the Colts, both sitting at six and five. On the outside looking in, but not really, basically. They are technically on the outside looking in, but technically not. Like I said, tied at six and five. But due to conference record, they are not in right now for Pittsburgh. Again, this is absolutely huge. This AFC South is just not over either. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the Texans facing a loaded Patriots team right now. The winner of this game could easily be tied possibly with Houston again and possibly in prime position for a wild card spot.
0: So it's a big game for both these teams.
1: Yeah, the Colts coming off that Thursday night football loss against the Texans last week, 2017, very, very close loss. Played them tough all the way. But if I'm looking at a certain team right now who I think has momentum, it's 100% the Tennessee Titans. Since turning to Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, the Titans are 4-1 in games that Tannehill starts compared to 2-4 with Marcus Mariota.
2: Oh, that, that's because a very interesting player.
1: set. Ryan Tannehill has been a very, very key player to this Titans sort of late success. Derrick Henry as a running back, too. Derrick Henry is a very dangerous player, too. i have in fantasy football. He is extremely hard to bring down. Yeah. This this Titans team, though, they are a lot more dangerous with Tannehill under center mm-hmm. than Paul
0: For sure. Especially since you're 4-1 with them,
1: 4-1. That's Ryan Tannehill.
0: That, that's some good numbers. They should have started him all along.
1: Yeah, I think the Marcus Mariota era in Tennessee is over. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a Titan next year. I don't think Ryan Tannehill will be either. I think it was just a trade. But I think the Titans will be a team next year that will be looking for a quarterback. Yeah. Whether in free agency or in the draft. I have no clue, but the Titans will definitely be a team that will be in the market for quarterback next year because I do not see them bringing Marcus Mariota especially back, and I I don't really see them bringing Ryan Tannehill back either.
2: Hmm.
0: I think I think they're gonna. I think the Titans are gonna restart on their quarterbacks next year.
1: Definitely, but this game is very intriguing, though. Like I said, six and five, a- AFC South matchup. This has wild card and division implications. Mm-hmm. This game is really tough, though. The Colts the Colts have a very good offensive line. Yeah, very they good do. offensive line. Pretty deadly run game, too. Jacoby Brissett is good. He is not exactly flashy, but he is, he's decent enough to get the job done.
0: All you got to do That's is get too- the job done.
1: But if I if I have to pick a winner of this game, I am honestly going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I think they are on some serious momentum right now with Ryan Tannehill at uh, quarterback. And I think Tannehill will find some more magic, just like a Miami miracle last year. And I think the Titans will come into Indianapolis and get a close win. This will be a close game.
0: Yeah. I'm going ha- to have to go with the Titans too. I think Tennessee is going to pull it out. And I say it's gonna be won by nine points. The Titans gonna
2: win by nine. I think
1: I'm thinking the Titans
2: will win by six, six point win. Res, I could I I see that I respect that.
0: It's gonna be a fun fun. It's another fun game to watch, especially with the how the wild cards coming up.
1: This looks like this. Most of these games have wild-card implications.
0: So it's going to be really fun to watch.
1: I mean, already tonight, with their win against the Falcons, the New Orleans Saints have officially become the first team to clinch a playoff spot by winning the NFC South division for
2: the third year in a row. That,
0: that's, uh, that's good That's good for the Saints.
1: Yeah, congrats to the Saints. Congrats
0: to the Saints.
1: Another and uh, Andrew, uh, Breeze. Andrew Breeze. Andrew Brees, another – Another year in the playoffs for the uh, for Hootad Nation.
0: For the
2: oldie,
1: Houdat. Overall, though, it's coming down to the nitty gritty, and these games start meaning more and more for playoff and division implications. So, I'm so looking forward to what these games bring on Sunday and Monday.
0: It's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. Gonna be. This so this is this is a NFL fans dream.
1: Honestly.
0: Like you got all these teams coming up on the playoffs, like the wild card and they're all like really close to getting to be to getting into the playoffs.
1: Honestly, I can't wait for what's gonna about to shake down.
2: I believe that's all we have for today's episode.
1: Yeah, looks like uh looks like that's gonna be about it. Hey guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember you could uh subscribe to our YouTube. It's on the spot sports. And please follow our Instagram too. We appreciate every single follow on the spot sports underscore separating each word. So on underscore the underscore spot underscore sports. Go give us a follow. We appreciate your guys' feedback so much. Feel free to comment whatever you guys want to hear. If you want us to give new content or even bold predictions for NFL, anything that you guys have on your mind, please tell us. We would absolutely love to hear what you guys have to think.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just subscribe, follow our Instagram. Uh, we want to wish you guys all a happy Thanksgiving
1: that too. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Happy Thanksgiving and we got some pretty special episodes coming up soon. Some interviews too as well. So I
1: will oh I will also like to add in that I, I forgot that I did mention this earlier but I don't know if we'll get to another episode next week. If we do that's great but I do also want to mention I will be in attendance for the Chicago Bears game next Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm extremely um, extremely thankful for that opportunity, and I I can't wait to go to my first Bears game. Can't wait to tell you guys about it next next time we do an episode. It's gonna be so much fun.
0: If you're there, hit us up, and I'm sure Kyle would love to meet you guys.
1: Definitely, definitely,
0: we'd love to meet our fans. So thank you guys for watching. Happy Thanksgiving and stay tuned for the
2: episodes coming up. Thank you and goodbye.